Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, I'm Steph. And I'm Simon. And welcome to The Food Fight, where we offer a different perspective on food culture issues around Australia and the world. We'll talk with chefs, producers, business owners and experts to hear their stories and find out what makes them tick. This is a Small Bites episode where we chat about local food and seasonality. Alright, welcome to another episode of the Food Fight Podcast with your host, Steph Postuma, that's me, alongside the South Coast kid, the Wollongong Welshman, <laughs> Simon Evans. Oh, Welshman's excellent. I know. That's great, yeah. I'm going to keep coming up with nicknames for you every time yeah, we nice. do another Small Bites. Nice. So this is just another Small Bites episode to tantalise your on taste the, buds uh, for your Monday yeah. on the kitchen bench at Simon's place. We've got the dog sleeping in Simon's room. <laughs> um, you won't bother us. And now. Simon's just bought a new laptop, so everyone's... Mm. Everyone's kicking goals, and a new yeah. car, so everyone's kicking goals. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> Killing um, new, new roles, new been, vehicles. Yeah, it's been four years since I bought a new laptop. Yeah. Uh, half my work it's time. got deleted the other day, and I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to buy a new one. Time to do it. Mm. So, executive chef laptop. Yeah, well, you need it. Claim it. Um, we're going to talk about local food. These small bites ones are going to be max half an hour, and we just want to um, talk about food because I think sometimes our uh, long conversations with chefs and things like that they're a bit, you know, they're a bit uh, clicky, very like chef specific and stuff mm. sometimes, and people like just can a bit be, more lighthearted and stuff. Yeah, it can be intense. So we're going to talk about local food, and hopefully, I guess like this is not going to be too much in the chefy world, but maybe p- potentially geared to more geared towards more of what of the work that I've done consumers consumers rather than practitioners so I think that like sustainability is obviously something that people care about but when it comes to consuming local food there's many different levels of local food it seems or there's many different levels of consuming like sustainable food Mm. and that it all takes behaviour change. So generally what I've seen working for Food Fairness Illawarra and across different um, cookbooks, meeting local producers and people who run farmers markets and different types of local food systems, um, unless you have a farmers market at your doorstep, it can be hard to exclusively feed yourself with local produce. Yeah, I mean, I think also is how, how you define local. Exactly. Um, and that <clears throat> that very much depends on what country you're in is a slight segue from our last uh, small bites mm. in the UK local is a lot more local than is Australia because of the geography right um, so local like if, you, if you were talking about oh we, we use locally sourced products you'd be talking like probably like, like 10 to 20 miles away max right um, here it's more kind of a general kind of rule of thumb is like in a hundred kilometer yeah. range. Yeah. So there's, there's quite, there's quite a difference in that, but that's obviously just, just the geography of Australia and the sparsity population. What does that, but what does, what do you mean by like, if you're using local produce, do you mean in the context of a restaurant or do you mean like, like, would you have a farmer's market in your village in Wales where 
it's literally all coming from that that you know radius, and yeah, that's yeah. where locals purchase their groceries. Yeah, I mean, not not every um, every village and every town does. I mean, the bigger towns tend to have um, like Kamaz and Snatley will have a whole undercover market. With, what did with you locals. just say? I said two place names: Kamaz and Snatley. So that's what the, is that second one that you just said? Snatley. It's a word. I can't even make that noise. It's, Double L is a, a Welsh vowel, which makes the sound. Oh so my it's god! Double L A N double L L L A N E double L I. Can you say it again? Snetley. Oh my god! So Snetley has a little undercover market, right? And then local growers will have stalls. There'll be a local fishmonger there. There'll be a local butcher. Um, and a lot of towns have these little things, which right. you don't see quite so much in Australia. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll come within that area. Um, so I mean, but also, yeah, so where, where do you kind of cut the line off in Australia? If um, is, it, is it in your region? Is local food in Illawarra mm. only food in Illawarra? Is it the South Coast? Is it Southern Highlands as well? Is it, you know, is it New South Wales almost? Is, mm. is, is that local if you're not buying across state lines? So mm. it's, a, it's a bit of a blurry one. It is. I think that like one of the good ways to ensure you're shopping local, like, and one thing that Wollongong is definitely lacking, and it's something that I've been talking to Burble about recently as well, is is a authentic farmers market. We've had mm. a few different types of markets here in Wollongong, um, but essentially it's just people that like buy a shitload of produce from a variety of producers, um, yeah. and a lot of the time just from the Sydney markets, yeah, exactly. and just bring it down and sell it for a premium yeah. at, at a market stall. But um, an authentic farmers market is what uh, what you need to shop local, where the ethos of that market is that the people who are selling the product are the people that are growing the product and they come from like a certain radius there's a lot of markets around there that don't have like a restriction on a radius Mm. or something like that but like that's what the ethos is it's like it comes from your region like obviously like if you're in Canberra like you don't have too many bigger places within a strict radius so like people who are from out in you know, Yas or out in like even further out into the country and stuff, their their major hub is Canberra. Mm. So, I mean, if it's 150, 200 k's away, like, and that's their closest place where they can attend a farmer's exactly. market, like that to me is local food. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, like I think radiuses are something that's difficult. It's like, more provenance is probably more important yeah. than locality. And, and they probably do feed into each other. If you go to a good farmer's market, um, someone might be from 100 kilometers away, someone might be from 150 kilometers away, someone might be on the doorstep, but at least you, you, you know where it's coming from. You know that they've grown it or they've, they've sourced it from small farms who are hopefully farming um, in a sustainable yeah. um, kind of method. And, and that's more important than than something being local because yeah. um, it's very easy to be tricked into local. You, like I said, you might go to a, 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 a town market they hold once a week and just kind of assume everything's local um but it might just be from flemington market markets where you know woolies source their stuff yeah from. exactly um which, which isn't a bad thing it's not like it's bad quality stuff like we majority of stuff people use in restaurants will come from those markets and you supplement with uh with small growers um but i mean i've even like stopped at the side of the road when there's one like your cardboard signs yeah the like, mango say, like, lo- local cherries and yeah. you're like oh where are they from mate and he's like oh from uh from from sydney yeah and you're like oh yeah where are these are from flemington markets and yeah. you're like well <laughs> like that's where you got them that's like yeah. that's like saying that shopping at you know the coals in wollongong is shopping local <laughs> exactly because it's in wollongong exactly but yeah i guess like coming back to what the levels of local is is like there's a ethical food pyramid that people can look online um where it 
is a guide to how how to shop ethically and sustainably and it's got sort of like down the bottom it's like the old food pyramid was like eat 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 the least up the top the yeah. sugars and, and stuff like that and eat the most down the bottom was like your lentils and your vegetables or mm. whatever it might be and this is the same it's like shop most down the bottom it's like a certified and authentic farmers markets local veggie box systems mm. local food co-ops um and i think that that's it for the bottom like or uh community supported agriculture which is a lot of the time um just veggie po- veggie box systems as well but it just mm. sort of works on a different model where you invest in the farm yeah essentially and you get whatever project you get a share in the produce that's grown and then like above that is there's things like local groceries and small businesses and stuff like that which some of the time we'll have like if you for example go to leisure coast here or whatever they'll have robertson spuds and they'll have like Mm. they'll have labels on stuff that have local produce like in 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 independently owned like green grocers and then above that you have your independent supermarkets like iga and foodworks and those sorts of things and then at the very top is your major supermarkets, Coles, Woolies, Aldi. Do they even deserve a spot on the pyramid? Well, it's it's shop least, essentially. Anyway, mm. something that I just basically harp on to people about is don't fucking shop at supermarkets. If you wanna if you wanna be sustainable yeah. and ethical about how you source your produce, do not shop at supermarkets because no matter what they do or what they say, they really do not have the best interests of no. your community or of the environment or of sustainable agriculture practices. At heart, they have yeah. profit at heart. I mean, and they're, they're probably, and not to harp on, I shop, I shop at supermarkets more than anything else. Um, and it, it does come down to a, uh, a, t- a time, a need, um, an, an ease of it. But they have done the most damage to farming throughout the world yes. than probably any other organisation. Exactly. Um, driving prices down, um, the, the kind of... Um, the vegetables aren't always just that perfect shape and they are starting to do that like it's it's a wonky cucumber um it's not quite enough like the amount of stuff gets gets thrown back in because it won't pass uh the supermarket test is is crazy in itself so yes they have done massive damage Mm. there's there's some you know issues about about price and cost that we could go into in another podcast but yeah overall trying to shop at supermarkets well that's it and and it's also that seasonality thing as well right it's like you're always going to go to the supermarket and find every single item of produce you want like looking perfect yeah but um i think that like one of the one of the challenges always when it comes to sustainable and ethical you know food consumption or shopping or groceries or whatever whatever it might be is uh it's always just price and convenience. Mm. Like they're the two things that drive decision making and yeah. all those things. Yeah. And to shift people's perspective on uh, how they go about consuming food is massive. Like mm. it's such a difficult task because because of so many factors. So some of them, like trying to teach people that you should not be eating tomatoes all year round yeah. or that you should not be buying X, Y or Z all year round because it's got ridiculous amounts of food miles on it could be imported from mexico or the philippines or wherever just so you can have an orange or whatever like trying to teach people that is really really hard for them to change like what am i going to do without my tomatoes and things like that and and like that's a whole nother conversation is like how do we educate people on seasonality and how to embrace it and how to cook with the seasons i mean that's where the price of fresh food between a supermarket and like an independent market is is not much in it 
Um, and a lot of time, if you're, you know, if you're going to go going to buy asparagus, you'll be able to get Mexican asparagus or Peruvian asparagus all year round, and it's going to be really expensive. If you go to an independent market, they're not going to have asparagus because mm. it's not Australian, so you're not going to buy it at the expensive price. When they do have it, it's going to be Australian. It's going to be cheaper. So there's actually, I think it's not that, not that much difference in price with fresh food. No. But if you try and do your big shop at uh, Leisure Coast, then you know your toilet paper is going to be more expensive. Your, your toiletry, things like that. that that's yeah. where you kind of get stung, and that's where the convenience of a supermarket. Yeah, the convenience comes in. of having all the other stuff as mm. well. So I think, you I think it's like uh, the, the, shop the, twice. the rise of the veggie box. Yeah. Um. Maybe another uh, another COVID silver li- lining. Um. I think that's a great way to yeah. to get your stuff. So, yeah. That like so. Two of the best ways to shop local are you know proper farmers markets and veggie box systems. And in terms of educating yourself on how to eat with the seasons. That's the best way to do it because yeah. even if you go to an independent grocery or an IGA, they'll still have your, you know, all round all year round tomatoes yeah, and yeah. whatever, like whatever you want. I mean, this, this is kind of the problem in problem in Australia. I do like this country, by the way. It seems like I bang on about how rubbish it is. Um, so you can get Australian grown tomatoes all year round because we've got so many different climates here, but they're just going to be better when there's. When, when they're in the natural season, when they're not being forced, because if they're grown out of season, it means we've got to pump a heap of water yeah. into them. And that's like our biggest um, resource problem in Australia is water. Exactly. So if you're in things out of, out of season, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, you know, water and other things have gone into growing that, mm. um, which makes them you know, less and less sustainable. Exactly. But yeah, so... I don't know. Just going to a farmer's market is just something I fucking love. Like it's, mm. it forces you to buy, to, to, to know what's in season. And then like, if there's stuff that you're unfamiliar with or unfamiliar with cooking, it forces you to speak to the person who's selling it to you to get an understanding of how best to cook it and mm. things like that, which is really cool. Like that's yeah. actually like great. But most of the farm, farmer's markets down in Berry and Kayama, like you, you can make a nice day of it. Yeah. Like they're they're pretty like yeah f- like full on kind of little events now like yeah but the th- like I mean the th- that that's the the problem we face in Wollongong here is that like if you want habits to change then it has to be ac- accessible like you, people mm. aren't going to change their habits to make a weekly run down to Kayama to oh, do no, their shopping like, yeah we, we, that's why we, we need, need something a farmers market yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly the lack of you you really can't like if you lived in Wollongong and didn't have a car like 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 me for like last eight years. Um, you haven't got a choice of going to a butcher because there's no butcher in town. Mm. There's no f- fishmonger in town. There's there was Mitchell's Market. That was the only other sort mm. of independent veg shop. Um, so in Wollongong CBD, th- there's nothing. Like mm. it, it's it's basically impossible to to shop well for food. Mm. Um, and that, that's a massive issue. I mean, it, even like you know, Shell Harbour has a you know local fishmonger, local butcher. In, in their in their mall yeah it's you know, a good fig, point. Fig, fig tree does yeah um but Wollongong doesn't so we, we are massively bereft of 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 that that kind of uh setup here yeah you kind of need to go to other places mm. um but yeah i mean then like i guess other ways i guess we're just giving people tips on how to shop local mm. here people that, are, that aren't already in the know but i guess the thing that i just keep banging on about that i want to you know tell the audience is like just if you if you if you if you know that you're in the habit of like exclusively shopping at supermarkets just because it's convenient like just try something different one time Mm. like 
go to a grocer that you've never been to before or yeah. even just go to IGA. Like if you just need to do a small shop or whatever, find an IGA. Like I go to the IGA in Thoreau for like the little shop that I need to do and mm. it's got everything you need and it's and it's good quality and, and whatever, you know, you're supporting your local economy. Yeah. Or just try a veggie box. Like you don't need to sign up for that long. Like just get a veggie box in. We've, got, we've actually got such great veggie box systems yeah. here in Wollongong. Um, and, you know, you just go there and you just pick it up well, and then you're forced well, to cook with what's in there. Like, like, exactly. Like, or they can like, deliver it to your door. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's also that place down at the Dapto Farmers Markets. You can also get um, produce down there on Monday mornings. They yeah, do a little yeah. store down there too. Mm. So just if you, if you are in the habit of exclusively supporting Coles and Woolworths, mm. try something different once and just make that little effort. Take your green bags and... See how you like it because yeah. you might find stuff that surprises you and whatever. But yeah, like I want to move on to something different because we're just going to bang on about how important it is to shop local. And I think people understand that. But like what we wanted to do was just to talk about it a little bit and give people some tips on how to do it. Um, and I must also mention the Food Fairness Illawarra website <coughs> that I worked on mm. last year that if anyone is listening who lives in Wollongong, it can be difficult to look online to find out what the best options are yeah, close yeah. to you. And so we developed a, um, a local food directory mm. in that website that has all the local bakers, grocers, fishmongers, butchers, brewers, coffee roasters, farmers markets, um, even like food-related NGOs, places that accept mm. food donations, places with volunteer opportunities, all that sort of stuff. And you can filter it by which region of the Illawarra you're in um, and, and have a look at it. It's got like a listing for each of, each of those different businesses. So that's, a, like the, that's the best resource to sort of check it out if you live here in Wollongong. But to move on and sort of stay on the same tangent, I want to talk about um, some, of the, some of your favourite like short-season ingredients – Mm. because there are some gems out there you know what i mean it's like or yeah. things that you get excited about when they come into season like and i think asparagus is one of them asparagus is is awesome yeah um and it's such a it's so different when you get prime season australian asparagus compared to the stuff that's imported um they like I, I just i would just wouldn't like i won't use it if it's important because it just it's just a disappointment because you get it you cook it up and you're like oh but i love asparagus and you eat it and you're like uh it's, it's not worth it it's not worth a disappointment mm. um asparagus very short season in the spring um into summer um we had it on at bangalore until maybe just for christmas i think we took it off when it when it stopped being australian and we, we'd let our um our providers our our producers know that when it changes, we'll change a dish. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, asparagus is great. Like, t tomatoes is the one you'll notice. Like, yeah. tomatoes right now, you'll see all different varieties. You'll see all different color, heirloom, different shapes. And if you just give, just give, them, a little, give, give them a little squeeze, and you'll be like, oh, that feels ripe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, tomatoes in, in during winter here. Um, did you, sorry, to go back to asparagus, did, yeah. you, did you find any good local asparagus producers? Um, no, I haven't. Um, it's, it's always the logistical toll of um i i haven't i haven't come across anyone specifically who yeah. would be able to provide um a good supply around here mm -hmm. that's not saying there isn't um it can be quite hard to 
works for one working with multiple different small growers is logistical nightmare mm. with your ordering um it was hard at Cavo and we had a you know very pared back menu it's even harder at a place like Bangalore. um so we've got to be very careful about how many producers we use mm. and what we can get get off them so yeah. if, if you're using a single producer for three months of the year just for that one thing for one it's tough to build up a relationship with them because they probably have other people they use for other things and they're going to get their asparagus um and also it just becomes a, a sort of a little bit of a logistical nightmare of it mm. um but would love to um there's if anyone's in the canberra region i don't know if he's still doing it but the don there was this guy called don and all he used to do was grow asparagus. Yeah, right. And so, like, Don would show up every spring. Awesome. He'd, he'd be at the farmers' markets. He'd be like, he'd be at all, all different markets around mm. Canberra, and and providing to different restaurants and stuff like that as well. And fucking Don's asparagus, man! Like, it was just the freshest yeah. shit. Like, yeah. and and it was sick because you'd go to the farmers' market. It was old Don there with just like a hessian. You know, a hessian tablecloth over a table and just a stack asparagus. of bunches of asparagus. That's awesome. And love that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's all he had. And yeah, he'd yeah. sell out every week at the farmers markets yeah. and deliver to restaurants. And it was just the best shit. And it's that type of produce that, like, people, I mean, and a lot of chefs and people who are into food, um, you know, get this already. But, like, it's that type of produce. It's that type of thing that really fucking gets chefs and people mm. who are into food yeah. excited it's like when you've got don whose asparagus is in its prime and yeah, you're like yeah. oh don well, give me fucking five yeah. bunches this is the sickest thing ever yeah, like yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's such a i mean so one thing i like do when it's in season is to basically shave it down with a peeler and have it as like a raw salad so you give it yeah. a vinaigrette and that just breaks it down but it's so crisp and so fresh and so sweet yeah but and you, you couldn't do like that dish or that little technique with imported asparagus because it's got that kind of bitter vegetal flavor to it and it just just doesn't work mm. um so you can you can just tell the difference when you just eat it raw mm. um you know once you've if you've cooked over, overcooked the shit out of imported stuff it's not that bad but it's just not as good yeah as uh as you know locally in season grown yeah um what are some other ones simon is there anything from back home that you remember would come into season and um, it'd be like all right yeah awesome. lots of things lots of things like even like broccolini would be a pretty pretty short and sweet season and we get it on the menus a lot of it asparagus was always a big one we'd, we'd get um from like the english welsh border um yeah great asparagus from there um also sprouts sprouts yeah sprouts are um sprouts are a good one when they're in yeah again just a lot, lot sweeter a lot less sprouty I think that I think that I mean it's been a little while now, but like you know, ten years ago or however long, people always saw Brussels sprouts as this overcooked, fucking boiled yeah, vegetable yeah. that tasted like the sole of your shoe. Yeah. But uh, people like I mean I think that people once people now understand how to roast it, like yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah. or deep fry just, Brussels you, sprouts you, or something you like that. Should have anything green. It has a weird color <laughs> yeah. and a weird smell. But like. Um, I'll give you another example of a cool producer who who does it. It's um, Old Mill Road Bio Farm down uh, just south of Maruya near Churros. Mm. Uh, Fraser Bailey and his wife at the Sage Farmers Markets every Tuesday. And when the uh, Brussels sprouts are in, they sell it on the stalk. Yeah, yeah. Because it just it's like <laughs> it looks like this weird fucking alien. People plant. don't realize how Brussels sprouts grow. Yeah, but also to the point where I didn't really ever think about how they grew until I saw like yeah like a like a like a, a truss yeah. of Brussels sprouts. As it yeah, was, for uh, people who don't know, it's like a, a stalk like this high, yeah. and it's just studded. The outside of yeah. it is just it's like a huge daikon radish with the outside yeah. of it just studded with. Brussels sprouts. Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of not what you'd expect. Yeah. Like when you see it, you go, ah, oh, 
Yeah. So you just you just buy a full stalk of them and they're fucking delicious. That's awesome. You know? shake, shake it off into a pot. Yeah. Yeah, he's got them all. He's like hanging hanging off the rafters of his yeah. stall. They're just yeah. hanging there. You just buy them. Yeah, I mean, um, things like... I, I, I get a little bit more excited when, when lemons and citrus are in season in the winter. Because mm. for one, the price of a lime during summer is, is insane. Yeah. Like, look like three bucks for a lime. Um, which is, you know, why, why your cocktail might, might or should go up <laughs> yeah. um, in cost in, in, in the summer. Um, but you just, like, it just, like, lemons are so much better. Um, and also means I can put lemon tart on the menu, which is one of my favorite desserts. And again, something like that, if you, if you make that in the winter when lemons are in season, especially if you can get like unwaxed lemons, like if you can go steal them off your next door neighbor's tree or something and you make like a lemon tart, the fragrance you'll get off that mm. compared to imported lemons in, in the summer is, is completely night and day. Um, so yeah, to the point where I, I wouldn't put a lemon tart on in the summer, yeah, um, because it just wouldn't wouldn't do its job. Mm. And it, it, you're a bloody lemon tart connoisseur. I, I love a lemon Simon, tart. Simon, every time we go to do podcasts in Sydney or <laughs> wherever it might be, if we ever go to a bakery, Simon's goes <laughs> pie or a sausage roll, lemon tart. That one the other day was really good. Where in Bondi? Oh yeah. Oh, that's where, right. Where was that? Oh, it was just some random cafe when we were like hanging around good, after um, good one, after though. interviewing Nick. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love a lemon tart. I think it's my favorite dessert. Lemon tart. I was pushed. Yeah, got a really good lemon tart recipe that you'll have to make us one. Um, We're gonna do some. We'll do some cooking show. Some 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 yeah, cooking. Yeah, some lemon tart making. We might do some cooking, eh? Mm. Um, I don't know what else is on the list. We'll just we'll run through a couple more of our favorite things that come in. What about like on the meat or seafood side, like spring lamb or yeah. lamb for me? I, I love eating lamb um, and. I mean, you, you can get lamb all year round, but some, kind of something. Maybe maybe it's a bit, as much of anything. It's the um, I don't want to say spiritual nature of it, but like that, that that spring lamb. Like spring comes in, and that's lamb time. Yeah, and it has that kind of reverence of of that's when you eat lamb. Well, that's when yeah. Like I mean, what happens in Wales at that time is they're like like are the lambs like ducking for cover? Or are people like holding hands, running, skipping through the streets? Yeah, like yeah, yeah big, holding um, big lollipops. You just see it because like in Wales, you're always <laughs> you're literally always driving just through farmland. Like so, you you just you go from just seeing sheep everywhere to seeing sheep animals lambs yeah so i mean there's a sign you're like oh it looks delicious that little one look at him um it's yeah like like lamb, lambs just it's just great i mean that's when they're born yeah um so yeah lamb season and that's generally when i'll i'll i would put lamb on i wouldn't put um i mean the whole point most time is if you get further past spring they're not lamb anymore they're they're hoggett or hoggett, hoggett or mutton which is something we should actually not even just here, even in Wales, and we, we have some awesome hoggett and mutton. Yeah. Hoggett, hoggett is between, like, hoggett is a year, lamb's up to about a year old, and hoggett is one to two years, and then mutton is two plus, yeah. I believe. Oh, we Could had, be we had mutton on the menu at, a, like, at the yeah, last place that I went Yeah, you can still get it. Um, you can still find it. But yeah, it's harder and harder. And you, it's not something you see in supermarkets. Mm. Um, and it's in, if, in a lot of time, it's, it's, it's better than lamb because it's got more flavour. It's got a bit more, more bite, a bit more chew to it, mm. which, which uh, I like a good mastication yeah. over my lamb. Yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing, yeah, like, I mean, there's a lot of seasonality around seafood and stuff as well, but oysters are one thing. I, I'm not an expert on oyster seasonality, but I'm pretty sure that it's sort of like just after summer, like towards Easter, where they're at their best, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's when the, 
um, the waters start to cool down. Yeah. Um, but there is a point in the year as well where you, you might as well not even eat, where they basically don't sell them in yeah, some places and yeah. stuff like that. But you check with like if you if you can get from local growers or if you shop at a fishmonger or things like that, like it's worth, I always just ask what they're like at the moment, like mm. at that time of year, because especially an oyster farmer, they'll always be very honest. Yeah, yeah They'll be like, yeah, mate, look, they're not at the, sure. yeah, they're yeah. not, they're not, they're not the best at the moment yeah. or whatever. Um, even like, you know, making phone calls and things like that. And just, you know, when's the best time of year to be yeah. eating this stuff? Because when you get them in the right season, when they're at yeah. their, when they're at their prime and when the, cause Obviously, they're so the quality is so dependent on like the cycles of nature, mm. um, you know how much it's been raining, what the estuary's looking like, and stuff like that. Uh, that all those factors come down to it. So, I mean, it's it's kind of it, it is a question of seasonality, but it's also a question of other things. So, it's worth yeah, talking to where they come from. Are different estuaries with different mewas, mm. which is the oyster equivalent of tewa. Yeah, right. Um, so wanky. Yeah, something about <laughs> the word like tewa is pretty wanky, but mewa. Sounds just even more wanky, but yeah. but it does make a lot of sense. Like we used to, Kavo, we used to get three different, uh, or three oysters from three different estuaries, yeah, and then we'd serve that as our little trio of oysters oh. and just do them just with with finger lime from down in Jerengong. Oh, bloody and, beautiful! Mate. Yeah, and then we could explain that this one is from this estuary and it's more creamy. Which one? Um, oh, we gen- from South Coast, so yeah. we might have some uh, generally Appalachian oysters. Yeah, right. So we, you know, this is from Rimbula, this is from Pambula, this is from Shoalhaven. Um, or wherever they may be, but yep. generally on the south coast, and th- there was very marked difference um, between them. Like some would be more more salty, more saline; some would be um, creamier, um, and, and very different flavors to them. Mm. So, I imagine that at different times of year, those characteristics are heightened and, and lessened as well. So, there's mm. probably a lot of a um, lot of variation in it. Yeah, but again, if you go to a, a good reputable fishmonger like harley and john here who actually the the reps for um for appalachian oysters mm. in this area um they'll have awesome oysters they'll be able to get um oysters from from various um estuaries if you if you request them yep um give you all the information about them as yeah well. talk to people talk to people who sell mm. you your food that's the other thing yeah i mean that's that's the <laughs> if you're into food like it's, it's quite fascinating and, and if you go to places where you can buy good food you can actually chat about it and they'll be you know pretty happy to to chat away about the food. Yeah. yeah. Like like we found. We just rock up some places and like, let's do a podcast with producers and they love a chat. Exactly. Mm. Okay. Well, let's leave it there for this one, Simon. There's plenty more we could talk about. Mm. Seasonality um, and local food. We've got a lot of podcasts on the way. Very excited. Plenty of stuff mm. coming along. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. Hello, dear listeners. Steph here. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Food Fight. If you want to get in touch with us, it's at The Food Fight Podcast on Instagram or The Food Fight Podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you and we want to talk to you. Please leave us a five star review on iTunes. That really helps. If you want to hit me up, it's quicksandfood.com or at quicksandfood on Instagram. And if you want to get in touch with Simon, it's Simon underscore Evans underscore TBD on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again with another episode.